For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of work. Please join us while he showcases these diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper. Happy Sunday, everyone, and welcome to Richard Skipper Celebrates. Who or what are you celebrating tonight? I'd like to begin by saying I'm celebrating Rosa Puzo. Rosa Puzo uh, brought Ava Cherry into my life, and she recommended that I bring Ava Cherry onto our platform. And so several months ago, uh, some of you may have seen the show, uh, Ava Cherry came onto our Creativity in the Age of COVID show uh, with Dr. Judy Bloom, uh, And we talked about her new incredible book called All That Glitters, the Ava Cherry Show uh, story. And I loved this book so much that we felt that just having her part of that panel was not enough. I wanted her back, but she has been so busy that it's taken us several months to get her here. Uh, she just got back from the David Bowie Festival in Ireland, which we're going to talk about, uh, but she is here tonight and we're going to be celebrating her and her many, many accomplishments that are still unfolding. Uh, you will see on the scroll on the bottom of our screen that the word for tonight is responsibility. Why did I choose this word? Because as I was reading this book, I think about the word responsibility and the fact that Ava Cherry has taken responsibility for every aspect of her life, her career, and she's still doing this over and over again. And it's a lesson that we can all glean from this book. So we're gonna be celebrating her and all of her accomplishments and the fact that it's not over it's still going on. But before I bring her on, I'd like to celebrate her musicality uh, with a clip. Uh, one of our fans and a new friend of mine, Eric Stone, who I think is watching tonight, he sent me one of his favorite clips and he said to give a big hug and a kiss. Uh, we're doing this virtually, of course. Uh, COVID is still around us uh, to Ava Cherry. And Ava, this is from Eric Stone, from all of us to you. And thanks for joining us tonight. Here she is.
And that is it. We are all testifying in the name of love. Ava, you're muted. And she's disappearing. We are having issues tonight with Mercury retrograde. Uh, she's in and out. I don't know what happened. Uh, she'll be back, I hope. Uh, while we're waiting for her to come back, uh, I will just continue to talk. Uh, hopefully, she's going to be back in just a moment. Uh, there she is. She's back. Uh, there you are, Ava. Don't know what happened. I I know, baby, and, and you really your sound is really bad. It's not really coming. You keep glitching in and out for some reason. Uh, Mercury retrograde, guys. You got to understand Mercury. Mercury is in retrograde. So huh? things uh, are happening. Can you hear me? I Ava? hear you, but not really loud enough. Or excuse me. Uh, are you on? Excuse uh, me. Can you hear me at all? Yeah, I mean, I see everything and he and hear you, but it's just that there's the reception is bad. Uh, uh it it could be. Can you hear me? I can hear you perfectly. You sound great. We just watched uh, your phenomenal video. Uh, everyone's raving about your voice and uh, everything. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Uh. 
I hope that you'll be able to hear me. Uh, uh, yes, uh, if in, uh, is anyone else having trouble hearing me? Uh, if anyone can just weigh in. Uh, it's better now though, it's better now, Richard. Okay. Hi, everybody. Yes, you're here. <laughs> Just don't move. Stay where you are. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I am so glad that you are here, Ava, because from the moment that you were on the previous show, um, I have fallen in love with you and, oh. uh, and getting to know you through your book uh, and your uh, trials, your tribulations, your ups, your downs. Uh, you just forged through everything. And as I said in my introduction, I don't know if you were able to hear it, uh, but you'll go back and hear it later. Uh, I use the word hashtag responsibility because you just pull yourself up by the bootstraps and say, okay, I'm going to take responsibility here and do what I need to do to get where I need to go. That's right. That's it. That's all we can do, guys. Look at what we live. Look at the times we're living in right now. We've got to just pull up those bootstraps and say, "Hey, we can't let this stuff defeat us. That's around us. That wants to take us. We've got to. We've got to be warriors against it." Now we want people to buy the book, so we're not going to give away too much in the book. But I'm going to give some teasers in the book tonight uh, because <laughs> okay. there are a couple of things that I want to talk about. First of all. Uh, today, first of all, is Harvey Milk Day. And I mentioned this because Harvey Milk, speak about warriors, he was and is a warrior. He was a warrior, yes, yes. And, uh, and the fight is still going on. We are living right now in a, you know, unprecedented time where with uh, Roe versus Wade and our rights may be taken away, what just happened in Buffalo. I don't want to get political on the show, but we need to really take responsibility again for everything that's going on in our world right now. And everything. Those things, those yes. things that are happening in other states, in other it's not what's happening out there. It's happening within all of us. And I yes, want to begin by asking, um, you know, do you consider yourself an activist? And with everything that's going on right now, um, you know, how do you, I know that you've been very involved with your music and everything. How do you make your voice heard in today's world? Well, through my music, but also through these mediums, me talking to you and all the interviews that I've been doing over the last year. Uh, and I and I speak upon politics because it's not all about me. And I, I mean, I appreciate all the support from everyone and I thank you so much. Uh, but I do care about the world and I do care about the planet and I do care about the people that are good around me. There's a lot of evilness and, and, and greed and, and power struggles going on constantly around us. And we have to know that these things have to be fought because if we don't fight them, they'll just keep getting worse. The people see if you don't do any see, that's what it is. I'm a Democrat and I'm going to say, Democrats, get up off your butts. We will lose the House and the Senate if we don't. And even if we lose the House, if we lose the Senate, we're really doomed. The Republicans will never leave power, never. You know that, you got to know that right now. They'll never, once they get the power, they're gonna keep it forever. So we've got, we're, we're fighting for our lives right now. So it's okay. Yes, I use my music to soothe, to help, 
people that just want to not think about that all the time and, 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 and want to listen to music and, and let music soothe, soothe that, that beast. Ava, don't you feel that you're fighting for the next generation as well? Yes. And I feel as though I have responsibility, as you've said, to the next generations. I don't feel, I feel like, I, I feel sorry for some of the youngsters right now that don't get to have the fun we had and do the things we did without fear. I mean, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's terrible how they all feel as though they're just not enjoying their lives the way they want to. I do feel that. And I will continue to crusade for youngsters and young people that want to be in this industry and whatever, to let them know some of the pitfalls that they, they're going to have, but also that you've got to keep on fighting. Pick yourself up, dust, dust yourself off and start all over again. That's it, mate. Now, one of my best friends is here, and I'm going to give a shout out to her, uh, Liza Mayer. And I mentioned her because she knew me when I was 18 years old. And when I was 18 years old, uh, at uh, this time of year, 18, getting ready to graduate from high school, I was thinking about uh, Broadway, uh, coming to New York, being an actor, and a whole world ahead of me. And again, forgive me, everyone, but when I think about what just happened in Buffalo, and I think yeah. about this kid, and yes, he was a kid, and these thoughts going through his head of having feelings of destruction and hate and all of those things, I can't even imagine at that age having those kinds of thoughts because they were not a part of my consciousness then and they are not no. a part of my consciousness now. Very right. sad. Right. But you know something, Richard? This is all, I'm sorry, I, I hope people will take this the right way. Um, it starts from your parents. Yes. And if your parents, I mean, children that are born into this world that are just put together when they're babies of one, two, three, they don't care what color you are. They just want to have fun. They just want, I've seen kids of all different colors and, 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 and nationalities get on so well and have so much fun together. Somebody has to be telling you that this isn't the way it's supposed to be for you to grow up at 19 years old when your life is just beginning and decide you hate everyone that is a different color from you. It's really sick. Sorry. That's right. it is. Absolutely. I've got a, uh, you know, it, it's funny. I used to call this my random question, but my friend Danielle, who's watching and said there are no random questions. So it's a surprise question. I haven't even seen okay. it. So I'm going to start with the surprise question, and then I'm going to go back to something you just said. And the surprise question is, what's the last thing that you bought for under $50 that you love and use often? That's a good question. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I buy a lot of things for under $50. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. I just bought this. Yeah, I just bought this Calvin Klein T-shirt that is just unique. And it just has Calvin Klein all over it, but it's the way it was done. And it was like twenty dollars, and it was, and I love it. <laughs> hey, that's great. Okay, I'm gonna. Uh, you just mentioned something that I want to go back to, uh, that you have to be taught. Rodgers and Hammerstein wrote a song. You have to be carefully taught. And I asked for a photograph of you uh, when you were five, I think that you said that you were actually, I was six, uh, you yeah. were six years old in this picture. I love this picture. And here you are 
at Holy Cross Art <laughs> School. You uh, you haven't changed. You still got that smile and those dimples. So tell us a little bit about <laughs> this little girl uh, in Chicago, uh, and uh, you know, and what your life was like at that, and your dreams, and your hopes, and your desires. Oh yeah. Well, when I was in school, then my parents sent me to Catholic schools just because they felt as though I would get a better education, not not because of religion or anything like that. Um, and they were right. I did. I get a better education than going to public school because our public schools here were kind of, you know, not so cool. But I just enjoyed myself from being in kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third. I I, I just I just took it in and just was waiting for every challenge, for everything that happened to just be happy. And my parents, which you read in the book, were so, uh, I mean, they were so important in this. My mother and my father, I love, my dad has passed now 30 years, but I love him still so much. And he, he really showed, he was in the music business. So he showed me how to kind of manage it, which was very difficult for me in the beginning. And my mother, who's still here at 88 years young, she's my heart, my heartbeat. And she continues to advise me and tell me what she feels that I, that I should just keep on doing what I'm doing and don't care what other, if other people don't like it or what they think about it, that I'm being me, that I'm, I'm not hurting anyone. I'm just telling my story, telling it like it is and telling the truth. So I want to go back when you you started. You were also a model, and uh, with good reason. Uh, and uh, <laughs> you uh, you were a model, and you you also had this great voice. Uh, still do with good reason. Uh, and uh, when did the so called bug hit you that you said I want to pursue this as a career? Oh, God, it hit me when I was so young, when I was maybe, it really hit me as I was growing up because my mother would sit, my sister and I, in front of the TV and, and have us watch different movies. And one uh, the person that I enjoyed so much and I felt such an empathy with was Marilyn Monroe. She was my idol, one of my idols, a female in, in those days. And, you know, and, and the reason being is because she had she was so beautiful and so talented and she had this little girl quality about her that i loved so much and i just watched her i mimicked her when she did gentlemen for blondes and how she sang it and and i really do remember that she really impressed me so much and i i i i um I followed that into my, you know, into my teen years where I listened to everybody, Aretha and Gladys and everybody. Um, and they all inspired me and made me want to be a vocalist. But also going to the Regal Theater, which I told you about in my book, which was every other Sunday, you saw at least 10 of the greatest artists on the planet perform all together on the same stage. And every kid in the neighborhood would be running to the theater to get in a front row seat, including me. I was one of those. And I would just be in awe, oh my God, of Aretha and, and Marvin Gaye and just looking at everybody going, oh, I want that someday, I wanna be that. And you can be that. Don't let anybody tell you you can't be that. But there's a moment where you go to your parents and you say, I want to pursue this as a career. And their response to you. Right. 
Yeah, and that response was, uh, let me see. I guess I was a model. Uh, I, I was wanting to be that, and then I was modeling too. And then I said, you know, I'm going to go to New York, and I'm going to find my destiny. I'm going to get into music. I'm going to get. I'm going to still continue to model, and and that was when I did that. And that was actually just before I met David Bowie. Well, I want to talk about. You know, I think there. I believe in manifestation. And I believe very much in, I mean, the road that led you to David Bowie is very interesting because <laughs> first of all, you uh, are, you, you're in New York. Uh, I'm going to jump ahead because someone has a question that I want to get to in a moment and I uh, culture connection. I don't want this to get away. So I'm going to get your question. Uh, but you come to New York and I think it was your manager if I remember correctly, I could be mistaken, who gave you- My manager. It was your manager yeah. who gave you the album of uh, Ziggy Stardust. And, Ziggy uh, Stardust. Yes, and you, the album is given to you, and uh, you are hearing uh, this music, which was very different from anything you had ever heard. And you- station you might like. Oh, excuse me. Uh, my device is going to start. Uh, Ziggy, stop. I named him. <laughs> <laughs> so you, <It's> funny. <laughs> first of all, uh, began as a fan uh, of David Bowie. You hear this music and you you just fall in love with this music. You practically wear this album out, listening to it over and over again. And then by happenstance, you meet him at a party at Stevie Wonder's uh, at, at an after party, and I'll let you take the story from there. Well, yeah, I, my manager told me to listen to this record, and I listened to it, and I and I looked at him, and I thought he was really a handsome man, and uh, and I and and I thought he was unique, and I and I listened to the record, and I was like, wow, you know, I mean, I was always fascinated with uh, UFOs and aliens, and so it was like. When, when he started talking about those things, it just really attracted me to him. But also it, it had a tinge of love in it, all those alien songs and things, you know, it was about, it was about love, kind of a love song, alien love song, I guess, if you want to call it. And I just went nuts for this guy. I, I literally did fall in love with him before I even met him. I was like, oh man, if I ever meet this guy, I'm gonna just go nuts. <laughs> well, obviously, I mean, he fell in love with you too. And he, very interestingly, um, and uh, he made a promise to you that he could not, uh, well, he made this promise to you that he wanted you to go uh, on the road with him, not only on the road with him, but out of the country to Japan. And, right, right. <laughs> and you ended up, well, do you want to... Tell him what you well, I mean, he told me, he told me after we met and I met his record company and his and his band members, he said, okay, I'm going to send you the records. And I said, well, I've got to go to Chicago to say goodbye to my parents and, and quit my job here and, and my, get my apart, get rid of my apartment. I did all those things and I came here to Chicago. And then five days later, I got a telegram saying that the tour had to be canceled because David was ill. Oh my God, I, I can't even begin to tell you people how I was devastated. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, no, I quit my job. I, I, I got rid of my apartment. 
things I tried so hard to get. <laughs> and um, now this is happening. And then I just started thinking, I was like, I gotta, I gotta find this guy. He can't just leave me like this, you know? So then I started to tell my mother and she was like, what? I said, I've got to go to Europe. She said, what do you mean? And, and I said, I, I was offered by this guy in, in, when I was living in New York, that he lived in Monaco, which is one of the most beautiful places in, in the South of France. And he asked me to go, but he was like really yucky and I really wasn't into him. And I said, no. But when that happened, I said, I, whatever I got to do to get there to find David Bowie, I, that's what I, I felt like I, I would just deal with having to be with this guy to do it. And I did it. I called him. I said, you know, did you still offer me to come to Monaco? He goes, yeah, sure. Sent me the ticket. I'm flying into Monaco, the most beautiful, beautiful country, and saying, wow, this is like a fairy tale. I can't believe I'm here in Monaco. <laughs> you know. I say you went with $200. Yeah, I had two. My mother, <laughs> my my mother said, "How much money have you got?" I didn't have. I had spent all my money, doing all the things. That she said, "Well, I got two hundred dollars," and I think I might have had another hundred, and that was it, mate. She said, "Are you really gonna go there and on that amount of money?" And I said, "Yeah, mom, I gotta go. I'm gonna go." And I didn't worry about. I was never afraid. I was always fearless. I was always like, yeah, I'll do it. I mean, I, I never felt afraid about things to take chances or, but I never took stupid chances, but I knew that once I got there, I could maneuver it. I, I could I could make my way and I'd meet people that would help me. And I did. You did, but I mean, but don't you also feel that at there's something about being, first of all, that age, because I remember also, uh, this wild abandon that, I mean, me coming to New York at 18 years of age with $500 in my pocket, you going <laughs> to Europe with $200 in your pocket of uh, just thinking you can do it. Uh, I mean, nowadays, as we get older, we begin to put these barriers on us. But I think that if more people began to think without putting these barriers on us, uh, more possibilities exist. Yeah, I think so too. I think if more people's parents were like mine, and that's why I talk about them so much in my book, because without that foundation from them, which I was telling you, which taught me to love everyone and, and respect everyone if they respect me, uh, you know, without that, I wouldn't have made it. I, I, I called my mother every day and talked to her. I would call her up in the middle of the night and say, Mom, could you find out what the rising sign for this person is? Here's her birthday. <laughs> she would do it. She'd get up and do it. She, she'd go, I go, my mother made me wake up. She goes, that's okay. That's okay. She'd go and do it. And she was just the most fun-loving mother. I can't even tell you. And so without her in that picture, I don't think any of that. I would have been able to totally be strong in all the things that I did. But you and uh, uh, David Bowie, uh, you are you go there because, first of all, of a working relationship. But the re working relationship right. went beyond the working relationship. And you had right. a very serious relationship beyond that that lasted, you know, several years. Mm -hmm. But I want to ask about the album that you recorded. Because it took, after recording the album, it took 28 years before that album was ever released. I mean, Amen. what? I know. 
Well, the whole thing was when David was doing those demos, which they were demos, they were not supposed to have been released. He was working on, on my record, the Astronauts record at the time. And uh, this is when he started to have problems with his, his management uh, and his label and with the management feeling like there was money being stolen from him. And all of a sudden he said to me one day, Ava, we have to stop recording now. I'm like, what? He goes, well, I've got all these problems with my manager and the money and everything like that. And I've got to deal with it. And I can't finish the record right now. And I was like, oh, wow. So now he's going to take the masters. He goes, no, I, I'll put them somewhere where they're safe. But he didn't put them somewhere safe enough because Tony got a hold of them and then released them 28 years later because Bowie produced it and, and uh, demos. Wow. Wow. So yeah. <laughs> you're, you're working with David Bowie, but you're, you, this relationship ensues. You also, uh, I mean, talk about two of the giants of the music industry. There's David Bowie and Luther Vandross. I mean, <laughs> you worked with them. I want to ask, first of all, with David Bowie, um, beyond the relationship, and again, everyone, by the book, um, what he instilled in you uh, as an artist and what he instilled in you as a human being that you carry through to your life to this day. You saying just David or Luther? David Bowie, too? and then we'll talk about Luther Vandross. Okay. Um, yeah. From the very first, David came up as a mentor to me and he started guiding me and how I should you know, showing me the ropes of what it's like to be with a rock star. And, and there were a lot of things, you know, and uh, he, he, he taught me a lot of things about classical music. And, and he had me watch uh, German expressionist films, you know, Fritz Lang, Metropolis, all that. And uh, he would say, sit down and just look at this. This is really interesting. So he would do things like that, but he always did it gently. And and, and then he would tell me, like, I remember I was saying one, one time uh, I was at a party at a Andy Warhol's party and, and everybody was drinking champagne and I was getting really buzzed and David was, was buzzed too. But, but as, as, as he was talking to somebody on the side of the room and I guess he noticed me, I was getting kind of really tipsy, right? And so he comes over to me and he says, hey, babe, he said, listen, do you realize that there's a lot of cameras on you right now? And I said, oh, yeah? He goes, yeah. He goes, and you're getting a little bit tipsy. So now tomorrow morning, you don't want to wake up and of yourself you don't like, right? And I'm like, he, I said, right. He goes, well, then, so just stop the drinking, have a cup of coffee, cool out. This is how you do it. And I'll never forget he told me that I never did it again, not ever. Good he taught you. me so many Good things, and he, yeah, also, and and he was I mean, he was my you, lover. He loved me. Huh? huh? You you went. What? You've gone through a business. You were very much a part of a world and a business where, let's face it, drugs were very rampant. Uh, a whole world of uh, things went on, but you managed to avoid all of that. And I will go back to your parents. Well, not all of it. <laughs> <laughs> not all of it 
But <laughs> I, I mean, but you kept your feet on the ground for the most part. Well, yeah, I did because I understood that I had to. I, I saw a lot of people die from drugs. I saw a lot of people being completely destroyed from doing drugs. And I mean, I had my little fling. I mean, I, I was with him, so I I did some with him, you know, whatever. But I never let it take me to that point where I, w I had to have it or I was desperate for it or anything. I never, excuse me, I never felt like that about it. I mean, I enjoyed it as, as, as recreational and that was it. And so I knew that if I was to let it take me, like I saw some people, I would be doomed and I just, I wasn't gonna have that for my life. Well, God bless you for that. I'm gonna go back to the question from Culture Connection. And he says, hello, Ava, sending love from New York City. Can you talk about your appearance on the Dick Cavett show with David Bowie? Oh, that's a good one. Well, I just remember that day, that evening that we went to do the show with Dick Cavett and, um, you know, David was looking pretty spiffy uh, and everything. And we were like right in the middle of, you know, just promoting young Americans and all that. And, and uh, you know, and, you know, David sat down and talked to him for a minute and everything like that. But I think David really wanted more to get up and perform like he did as opposed to talking to Dick Cavett. You know, it was kind of, you know, he was using his cane that he had looking at the ground a lot and everything like that. But um, it, it was a wonderful experience for me. I'd never done uh, national television before. And it was just so fantastic, especially when he said, do it, Cherry. And I did my little shimmy like your sister Kate <laughs> dance. <laughs> And it was so wonderful because so many people just talk to me and say, I love that's the best thing. I love it so much that you did that dance. And the, the thing about it was it was totally impromptu because I didn't know he was going to, he would always do stuff like that to me. He put me on the spot just to see if I was sharp and just to see if I could handle it. And, and when he said, do it, cherry like that, I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's wonderful. I'm doing it. <laughs> I have a question for my friend Danielle, and she said she would like to know if you and Dave, uh, uh, David ever talked about being connected with the stars. Uh, she says uh, she's very spiritual and uh, psychic, and she uh, she's we call it star seeds in her line of work. Uh, people who are connected to other worlds. Did you and David ever talk about the spiritual connection that he had? And of course, wow, he wow! Tell her, give her a shout out. What's her name again? Uh, Danielle. Danielle, I love that you asked that question because yes, David and I are connected spiritually forever, for eternity. I, I, I had an astrologer to read us and with Luther in it about 20 years ago. And he said, your karma with David Bowie and Luther Vandross is un, you, you couldn't dismantle it. It is forever and ever and ever and ever. And I believe that because I, I, I get, I get, uh, feelings from David all the time, more than Luther, but I get Luther too. And uh, I mean, like, uh, it'll just be a time when I'll be, maybe have thought about him or something was happening that involved him and then his face will come up and he'll be looking at me like, I'm there, I'm there. I, and, and I really believe in that connection. I am a very spiritual person. I believe in the spirit world. I believe in connecting to those people from the spirit world, I do. 
and I, and and Danielle, I'm still connecting. I'm still connecting with them, both of them. That's great. Thank you, Danielle, for that. And I and I want to now uh, speak you, about, uh, about Luther Vandross and uh, and the same question that I asked earlier about what he well, maybe David took her away from us for just a moment. <laughs> maybe or Luther one of them took her away from us for a moment but she will be back I am convinced there she is uh, okay, I don't know what happened I <laughs> got disconnected <laughs> took you away from us for a moment so I'm going to ask uh, Luther, the same question Luther um, what you gleaned from him uh, that helped you uh, both artistically and as a human that you still carry with you. And, you know, and it'll go along with these spiritual guidelines that you have as well. Well, you know, Luther sort of was an overlap from, from Bowie, obviously, because when, when I was with, with Bowie, he saw our connection. And um, then when, when it was over with, with David and I, he decided that he wanted me as a part of his group. And um, it was wonderful because Luther Vandross is one of the most prolific, mm -hmm. fantastic vocalists ever to grace the music industry. And I miss him so much. You know, me and him had our little brother and sister, you know, fights and everything like that. But I loved him to death and he loved me and he had respect for me. And I have mad respect for him. And he taught me the things that you should know when you are a professional, which are be on time and and uh, and and don't be too good to sing background parts when you're a lead vocalist. As he did it a lot and he arranged a lot of just. I mean, I remember one time I asked him to do a session for me, and um, I told him four o'clock, and and so he said, okay, I'll get the singers, blah blah, blah. And, and so I show up at four twenty. And when I got there, Luther had already done the background parts with the engineer and the, and the background singers. He already knew the parts that needed to be done. And he did. So I'm freaked out. And he comes walking down the studio. He goes, Ava, come here for a second. He goes, listen, I, you asked me to be here at 4 o'clock. And I was here at 4 o'clock. My time is valuable. So please don't ever show up late to a session that you asked me to be at a certain time. Otherwise, we can never work together again. And I never forgot that either. And I never, it never happened. Not ever, not ever. He taught me that humility that when you are working as a professional, you are there on time. You do what's needed to be done and, and you do your work. And, and also he taught me the importance of, I mean, we had in those dresses that we had, which were 50 pounds each, we had, you know, six hour, 10, six hours, 10 days a week, six hours, no, 10 hour days, six days a week rehearsing in six inch heels with 50 pound dresses on. And he taught me, you, we would cry sometimes. <laughs> it was so, you know, it was hard. And he was like, listen, you're a pro. You got to do this. And when, we, when people saw the shows, they were like, wow, how long did it take you to rehearse that? Because Luther was about rehearsal, rehearsal rehearsal and and get it right that was what he was about <laughs> it was wonderful wow. wow well i want to talk about what's been going on now because you just got back from ireland for the david bowie festival so and you have uh, just recorded a new album uh everybody uh in germany so tell us a new about song that. not an album yet but a uh, new song a brand new song 
Well, we can be hopeful, can't we? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. I'll get the rest. <laughs> I'm a go-getter, guys. That's, yeah. my, that's my, my, my thing. So tell us, first of all, I think I, got, I have a couple of photographs here that I'm going to uh, share here. Uh, let me pull those up. Um, uh, tell us about this. Uh, it Was this uh, you performing? In that was me performing. That was me performing at the Bowie Ireland Festival, yes, uh, for this year. Uh, and it was fantastic. Incredible iHeart band that I performed with. And, uh, and that's me singing... Um, uh, what am I singing? Moon Age Daydream. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was my favorite song by Bowie. And so I'm there exactly. singing that. You mentioned, you, that's also mentioned that when he passed away and so many people were picking songs, this was the song that you picked, you know, as a remembrance to him. Yes, yes. Because it was, it was a song that made it all happen. It was a song that I played over and over again and, and fantasized about and all of it. <laughs> so I was doing that on stage. It was a very emotional night that night, uh, last month that I did this on stage. It was very emotional for me. Oh, that's wonderful. And here's another photograph. Yeah, that's me and Dana Gillespie. Dana was one, a main man artist like I was, and she is a blues singer, wonderful blues singer. And uh, we had not spoken since those Bowie days, and we got together, and she was she was lovely. I enjoyed her so much; <laughs> she was wonderful. Um, and again, I want to talk a moment about all that glitters. Uh, when you sat down to uh, write this book, uh, had you kept journals leading up to this point? Had you? Uh, was it? recall or where did all this come back from uh are you no honey it was total recall total recall i didn't have any diaries i had I had a diary from a long time ago but i didn't go from that because i i didn't think i left that in my mom's so i no, i didn't go from a diary i went from my total recall and did you write in a linear fashion or was it memories as they were coming about? Did, did I? What? Sorry, you were did going you in. Did you write in a you know in a linear fashion from start to finish, or did were they memories as they were coming towards you? Oh God, that was really. It seems like that whole line was just. <laughs> I am sorry. I'll ask again. Uh, did you write for like, like from point A to point B and beyond? or were they memories as they were coming to you? No, um, I think the, the, the young lady, Lisa Torum, that wrote with me, she um, just had me on every day and we just, I just told a different story every day about um, what I remembered. I have another question uh, from one of our viewers, uh, Arjan uh, Von Gent. And he says, oh, good evening. Oh, Hi, Arjan. Hi, yes. Arjan. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I love said, your painting of me, darling. <laughs> oh, wow. I'd love to see it. Oh, um, he did the most beautiful painting of me. Oh, my God. Uh, Arjan, uh, send that to me and I'll post it. Uh, uh, he says, good evening, Ava. I feel that people are judging each other much more in earlier times. I hope that we can keep our freedom and autonomy. I'm a little concerned. How do you experience this? Um, I think I, by not making it too heavy of a situation, uh, 
Uh, I mean, there's, I know how to tell something that doesn't hurt someone. I know how to tell a story and get to a certain point, but not give it all. So I know, I, I'm, I don't feel that when people are asking me questions, if I don't want to answer it, I just want to answer it. But I, I don't, I don't feel that putting upon, uh, I, you know, every now and then I'll get like a, a fan that'll just, they'll, I'll, I'll put them on as my friend and they'll keep talking to me all day or all night. And I'll be like, excuse me, I, I, I just, added you as my friend, but please don't just, you know, just, just overtake me with, with, with questions and whatever. And then they stop, you know. Well, I end my shows with my homage to James Lipton inside the actor's studio. And I've got some questions just to give a general sense of you. Again, we want everyone to buy the book. It is an amazing read and you'll get this, uh, since there's so many venues, uh, clubs, a world that unfortunately doesn't exist anymore in the physical world out there, but they, it does exist on these pages. So Ava, thank you for taking us back. And it's just so great uh, to no revisit. No, it's true. It's, it's uh, great. So I'm going to listen. Start. I appreciate, listen, listen, I, Richard, listen, I appreciate you. And I appreciate your shows and I appreciate your your audience who is listening to me just straight from the heart. That's all I can do. I never never want to do it any other way. And yeah. I hope I'm giving love and and uh, appreciation. And 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 I say, yeah, please read the book because maybe it'll it'll make you smile. I know that it'll make you smile. Well, it's a great book. It is really a great book. And somebody's going to win a copy of the book tonight. I'm going to tell you what to do. If you use hashtag responsibility, uh, I am going to give away as my gift uh, to our viewers tonight. One lucky person is going to get a copy of the book. It's my gift to you. And my first question to you, Ava, in uh, tribute to our word of the night, uh, what is your definition of responsibility? Oh God, you're not you're not coming with the easy questions, Richard. <laughs> they get easier. <laughs> they get easier as we go along. Right. Okay. Well, uh, my feelings about responsibility are that we all have to have them. We all have to be responsible for something, someone, you know, you know, whatever it is, our work, our families, our, our, our husbands, wives, friends, we have to have some responsibility. Now that doesn't mean that you don't, you let somebody uh, use you if you know they're using you and you want to, you want to help them and you're trying to feel to be responsible for that. I mean, like my responsibility to my mom, my responsibility to my family, my responsibility to myself, my responsibility to my work. I feel those things so strongly and so should we all. Absolutely, and amen. And I'll be talking about and, that. And, and, no, go ahead. Huh? No, and I, I just wanna, I just wanna you know, give love. I just want us to give love now. We have all so many things that, are happening 
that people are not giving respond responding in love and 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 intelligence and love not just love but and we've got to do that now we have a lot of things to think about a lot of heavy responsibilities to our country that we live in people come on now we live here. Do you, can you ever imagine that you would be living in a country that was authoritarian, that you could not live the way we, you always remembered living? Mm-hmm. So we've got to fight. I'm, I'm going to end it with that. We've got to fight. We've got to vote. Get out there and vote. Even if you're not, the, the, we're the lesser of, of two evils. The other one is more evil. Let's put it that way. Okay. And so please do, do your thing. And, and do what's right for our country and for your, for your life, okay? Responsibility, that's it. Uh, what kind of a relation, uh, well, I already know the answer to this. We've already, you've already answered this. And, uh, and that is the relationship that you had with your parents and God bless them. We, again, it's all in the book. We know the answer to that question. Um, I'm gonna read a quote. And then I want you to say the first thing that pops into your mind after this quote. I love this quote. Um, the consideration that human happiness and moral duty are inseparably connected will always continue to prompt me to promote the progress of the former by incalculating the practice of the latter. That's from George Washington. We need to go out and be, re- again, be responsible for our actions on a daily basis. And like I said in my introduction, Ava, you've always done that. Yes. Yes. And I say, save our country. Save our beloved country. Um, and I say. Absolutely. What lessons did you learn this week to help make next week a better week? Hmm. <laughs> okay, teacher. <laughs> um, I learned patience. Patience is one I really got to work on because I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to get it done. Boom, boom, boom. I have all this energy. Mars in the first house. Tell your astrologer lady, Mars in the first house. So I have all this energy and uh, patience and love of self, not in an arrogant way, but loving myself first. And just that I'm so grateful to still have my mom. God bless her. What's your mom's name? Irma. Irma, Irma, Irma. If you're watching, we send love your way. Um, If you had to stop stop doing 10% of what you were doing, what would you abandon? Um, hmm. I would abandon, wow, if I had to stop 10%. Oh, God. I I don't know. I wouldn't want to abandon anything, but if I had to, do, I have to do this or, or, or else, right? It has to be one well, thing. Not that necessarily. If you love everything that you're doing, God bless you. That's wonderful. What did you say? I'm sorry. I said, if you love everything that you're doing, then you don't need to give up to anything. That's wonderful. That's a great place to be. You said, if I love it. I love everything that I'm doing. I don't want to abandon anything. <laughs> Uh, the question, uh, next question, when did you have the weakest self-confidence in your life or career and how did you get through it? Well, mm, uh, the weakest, I mean, I've had a few weak ones, but 
I mean, I would say, just say if it was two, the first one was when David and I weren't together anymore and I had to figure out how I was going to pull my own career together again. And I, and Curtis Mayfield helped me there. Uh, um, but in the last, let's say, seven to ten years, I had to figure out how I was going to go outside of the box and how I was going to reinvent myself. And I did. Mm. And, and it wasn't easy. <laughs> it was not easy, guys. It's not easy to reinvent yourself. There's so many of my, of my peers who are super, super, super talented. And they don't know how to bring themselves back to what was a great, a great era, you know. Um, so I just, I, 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 that's what I think. I, I, that's what I feel. It's wonderful. I have a calendar on my desk, and it's a, it's a, a day of positivity. And I pulled this uh, passage from my calendar today, and I'm going to read this. And it says, "Some days I wish that I could wave a magic wand." And make everything better for everyone. Since I can't, I focus on doing what I can for myself and for others. So today's self-love action, and everyone can pay attention to this. Today, let me focus on what I can do for myself and others, like being nice to strangers, putting myself first with my finances, teaching a child about loving kindness, and taking meaningful action on something in the larger world that's bothering me and seems unfair. What loving action did you take today prior to today's show? I think the loving action that I try to take every day of my life, which is to be nice, to be loving, to be friendly, to let, to be vulnerable in some ways, to, because without some, you know, like I've had people look at me that thought maybe I'd be a snob and they tried to say hello to me or talk to me and I'm not, I'm the friendliest person you ever met. I, I, I love people. And, and, and at least two people today looked at me and waved and smiled and gave me the most beautiful smiles and I gave it back. And that's what I think. I think when I smile at people, sometimes it, it makes them happy. That's great. And we can all do that. Um, what is your best vice? My best advice to what? Your best vice. Oh, my best vice. <laughs> vice. So what do you consider a vice? Well, some people's vices may not, may be somebody else's virtue. <laughs> oh, I see. My best vice. Um, my, my, um, okay, preparing myself for things like videos and, and recording sessions and getting prepared to, uh, you know, like, I guess I would say, uh, you have to be a little bit, um, loving yourself, you know, to make yourself look great and everything like that. And so if that's a vice, loving yourself in that way, you know, making sure that you present yourself in the way that you want to be seen to the world. Yeah, that, that would be one of the things. I've got a question from uh, Danielle, and then I'm going to ask my last question uh, of uh, tonight. And she wants to know, uh, is there an audio book in the future for All That Glitters? 
Well, the the book company has asked me to do an audio book, but that's a whole lot more work for me right now. We'll, we'll see, darling. I if 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 that happens, I'll let you, uh, Richard know so as to let everyone know. That'll be great. And my last question to you is, uh, and I think I know the answer to this question already. Do you practice gratitude? And if so, can you name, uh, let's see, uh, in numerology, I think today is a, um, uh, what, what is today? Uh, Danielle, help me out. Uh, today is a, uh, a six day. So six things that you're great, grateful for. Wow. Boy, Richard, you've never been easy on me. You've asked me a lot of hard questions. <laughs> no, I did that. Um, okay, six things I'm grateful for. My mom, my health, my body, my, my um, ambition in life and the friends that I have. And I'm grateful for you. Uh, well, I'm, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'll put in the last one. I'm grateful for you. We're going to give away your uh, book. I'm going to show you how this works. Uh, well, we only had two people that signed up. So we'll see who's going to get the, uh, the book tonight. And uh, it will be Danielle. Danielle. And, uh, Danielle All right, girl. Danielle, I'll get the book to you. Uh, don't go anywhere for a minute, Ava. I'm going to say a few okay. closing uh, remarks. And then uh, I want to thank everybody for being here tonight. Thank you so much, everybody, for being here. Um, it. I want to go back to the word of the day and being responsibility. Um, I feel that I have a responsibility with this platform. I want to be responsible to my audience I want to be responsible to my guest. I want to be responsible to our sponsor. Our sponsor, by the way, is Bra Tenders uh, here in New York. Uh, check them out. Uh, they uh, are sponsoring all of our shows this week. So thank you. I want to thank you all for being here. If this was your first time here, I hope it will not be your last. Uh, please consider subscribing to our platform. My goal is to celebrate artists and their body of worth uh, beyond what you see on the spotlight and to get a chance to get to know them a little bit better. And I hope that I achieve that tonight. So uh, if you enjoyed tonight's show, please leave a comment on YouTube after the show. Share this with your friends. Tell other people about this. And I also want to let you all know I have a newsletter it's called The Skipper's Guide, and it comes out every Sunday night at midnight. As a matter of fact, when tonight's show is over, I'm going to start putting it together so that it will be in your mailboxes tonight at midnight. Just go to richardskipper.com and click on the button that says The Skipper's Guide, and you will find it in your mailbox. And it's like a TV guide for all of my guests that are coming up in the week ahead. I also end every show by telling everyone to go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return. Go to your Facebook friends list and go to uh, the sixth name on the list and reach out with a phone call. Not an email message, not a text message, not a private inbox message, but a phone call. And let that person know what they mean to you. 
because as my dear friend Sean Moniker always says, we're all in this together, but we're not in the same boat. I hope she's going to be back in a moment because I want her to have the final word tonight. And she's coming back just in time so that she will have <laughs> the final Yes. I'm going to give you the final word tonight, Ava. So Honey, wait for just one moment. Mer Mercury, Mercury retrograde. Mercury retrograde is really working us today. I know it is. <laughs> so what I want you all to do. Hey guys. I know, I know you. I know. I know you understand, people, that Mercury retrograde means glitches and conversations and all kinds right. of things. And okay. Danielle knows it uh, very well. So go to your Facebook friends list, and I go to the sixth name, and then you're going to go to Amazon.com, and you're going to order two copies of this book. You're going to keep one copy for yourself, and you're going to send one copy to the sixth friend on your list. Danielle, you've got a copy coming your way. So Ava, I'm going to leave the screen and I'm going to give you the final word. Anything you want to say, I hope we, Ava, are you still here? Ava? Is there anything I want to say? Yes, uh, I'm going to leave the screen so you've say, got the final word. I'm Ava? sorry, babe, you, you just went completely, I didn't hear it. <laughs> I'm going to give you the final word. I didn't to hear say it, anything. Which can you hear me, Ava? Yes. I want. You've yes. Got the final you've got the final word. Anything you want to say before we sign off? Love, peace, and hope. And all that love, glitters. Love, peace, and hope. And all that glitters. Ava, I love you. Goodbye. Till next time.